Oh, hello everyone and welcome along to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is also the show where we spend a little bit of time looking at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Joseph Manichich, and I'm delighted to be able to be your host uh, this afternoon for the program. So welcome along wherever you might be joining us. Um, currently, I'm in the role of secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, in South Australia, where we're coming to you live today from. And uh, it's great to have you join us uh, here on, on Drive Time today. As we kick off uh, another another week here, I want to remind you again of our text line number. It's 04... Triple eight, eight zero eight double one. Now jot that number down because uh, in a little moment I'm going to share with you a lovely uh, booklet that you can get as a free offer, and uh, you'll need that number. That is o four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Would also love to hear from you, um, how you're finding the program, if you've got any questions, any comments, or simply just to let us know where you're listening from. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So send it along uh, a message on our text line number, and uh, we will uh, give you a shout-out if we, if we can. Our topic uh, this week is Beyond the Grave – the Bible and the passing of death. And in today's program, we're going to be exploring specifically the question, how does a pastor, church pastor, deal with death? The reason we're doing that is because I myself, as, as a pastor, having conducted many funerals over many years, am actually joined by my co-host, who's also a pastor, William Awala. Welcome, Will. Hey, Joseph. Good to be in the studio. We, You and I seem to be like uh, uh, swapping <laughs> swapping sides here in the studio, really, <laughs> don't we? It was just, just the last time that we were on together. Yeah. Um, I was on the other side, That's and right. uh, you were you were you were hosting. But uh, we enjoy doing it together anyway, we and do. It's, it, it's great to be able to be together here on on Drive Time again. And um, look, you know, we'll, we're we're mindful of the fact that we uh, broadcast thanks to the Faith FM network right around Australia. Yeah, and uh, it, you know, who knows where we have people tuning in and, and joining us and. Welcome along wherever you might be listening again. But, um, yeah, in certainly many parts of Australia, uh, winter has really hit, hasn't it? Oh, winter <laughs> is here, definitely. In fact, I, I saw you coming into the studio all rugged up uh, with you, you your puffer, puffer when jacket. I'm, when I'm wearing this jacket, the big puffy Katmandu jacket, that's when you know it, it's winter. <laughs> and, so, uh, and along with that, some wet weather in some places that has really oh, yeah. Yeah, come down. So. Yeah, we've had some pretty... Torrential rain here in Adelaide, and I'm pretty sure in other parts of the country as well. But I think just today we we had a bit of sunshine today, so um, so that was a good glimmer of hope for the the rest of the week. But um, yeah, it it definitely is. You know, I was saying to my wife the other day, it's def. I definitely feel it colder here in in South Australia than I do on the mid North Coast. Yes, I mean, because we arrived beginning of last year and. I think when I got here last year, we got here around January last year was the, and when we got into winter, um, I can't remember in the last number of years where I've had to rug up two, three blankets, <laughs> even you know, wearing a jumper to bed, which is, you know, so, but definitely winter's here, but you know, it's a bit like human nature, isn't it, Joseph? We, when it's winter, we wish it was summer, when it was summer, we wish it was winter, so yes, we just yes. got to appreciate the, 
you know the win- the seasons of life that in the seasons right now is winner. So, so God is good. That, God is good. That, that, you're absolutely right. Praise God, He is good, and uh, yeah, it does remind us of the seasons. And of course, um, you know. People are listening and tuning in different places, and so yeah. they're not all probably in the midst of a you know real cold, wet um, right. conditions that we're facing here at the moment. But wherever you are, uh, glad that you could join us here on on Drive Time, and we'll we're we're you know we're tackling something here that um, perhaps is not often talked about, perhaps yeah. not always well understood too. The, the the whole idea of of death and yeah. You know, Perhaps how to deal with it, how, how to respond to it. In a moment, we're going to get into looking at it fr- from the Bible because the Bible sure. does have a fair bit to say about it, and um, and it, it'd be really fair to say also that the, the um, uh, people sometimes look at have read various things in the Bible about it and got some other ideas about what what it might right. say, particularly about what happens at death and beyond death, doesn't right. it? Right, right. And I think this is relevant because we all know someone who's since passed. Yeah. Um, we may know someone right now who is dealing with a serious illness where, you know, death is a very real uh, reality for that particular individual in the family. And so I think for many of our listeners out there today, um, this is one of the questions that, as you said, we don't often uh, discuss it, I, I guess. But it's always there. It's present. Mm, you know, um, this idea that we could be here one day and we could be gone another. I mean, when you just watch the news and you see all of the catastrophes, yes, you know, yeah. it just shows you how how precious life is and that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And, that, and that's just part of this uh, discussion that we're going to have this week. That is that is so correct. What you've said, it it, it is something that affects us all. William, mm. I mean. Uh, I think, for instance, and no doubt you probably had loved ones. My my father, I lost my father. Now, it has been a number of years ago, but he, right. he died relatively young. I've had a couple of uncles that have passed away since. Um, yeah. I've had a half-brother who uh, not that long ago passed away. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, we, yeah, this is something that does affect us. And then, then there is a situation where... Um, there, there, there would be some people, and you know, we want to be very sensitive to this. There are some people who perhaps are unwell at the moment and may not have mm. that long themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, this is this is a, this is a very very important important topic, and uh, that's why we we're looking at it here on on Drive Time. Yeah, and want to really come to to I guess to look at um, the Bible as as it speaks to it uh, as far sure. as this 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 topic is concerned. So we look at that now. Um, William, we know that um, in the last couple of weeks or so, we've we've received some fairly sad news from the United States of another uh, shooting uh, yeah. there in in one of the schools. Sure. And uh, I don't know about you, but I mean, th- th- this this happens so often in the United States, and here in Australia, we uh, I don't know how we you know how we can really make sense of this. It's it's seems seems like um you know we we have different uh situation in Australia we have different gun rules for instance in Australia and, and perhaps in a sense we 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 scratch our heads a little bit or perhaps struggle a little bit to understand uh why this this goes on in in the states and I'm reminded of the fact that with this latest one uh, this shooting in um, that was in over in Texas in the United States at the school there that killed nineteen children and and two adults. Wow. Um, terrible, terrible. Um, there's been apparently 
more than 200 mass shootings just this year. Wow. And, um, and so this latest one, again, has raised the issue of gun control. Uh, the U.S. president himself, Joe Biden, uh, made the question, why are we willing to live with this carnage? Yeah. The U.S. president uh, raised that. And, uh, and so it, it, it's raised again... Again, the uh, the issue of gun gun control, and um, now the interesting thing, William, is that um, this debate has a religious dimension as well, although it's a little bit more complex than what it might first appear. And um, William, the the interesting thing is that um, many white evangelical Protestants are some of the strongest supporters of gun rights in the United States. Really? Okay. Not all. Uh, not, but, uh, m- but many, many evangelical Protestants, many white evangelical Protestants are the strongest supporters of, guns, uh, of, of gun rights, but not all religious Americans feel, feel the same way. Uh, in fact, faith groups are at the forefront of both sides of this gun control debate, playing roles that observers describe as both helpful and, and harmful. Yeah. Now, um, as far as this is concerned in the United States, um, for some, the gun ownership is actually bound up with ideas of identity and, and personal, uh, personal liberty. Um, because, um, they, uh, they see that this is, yeah, this is a fundamental right that they have to be able to to bear to bear arms, um, for instance, um, th- uh, looking at uh, one person who, who who's written about this, uh, referring to that situation in the United States, um, he he comments that Christian nationalists yeah. see sin as the problem, not guns. Okay. That's an interesting statement. See sin as the problem, yeah. not guns. Uh, he says it's the fact that people use them in a very sinful way. And that in in a world full of sin, you need to be prepared to defend yourselves from evildoers. Right. So, <laughs> essentially, it's saying, look, the real issue is you got sinful people, and uh, and and so the issue is not the guns; it's the sinful people. And in order to to deal with, them, in order to respond, well, we need other people with guns to to be able to respond with that. Um, yeah. the, now, as far as the United States is concerned, in particular, uh, many uh, Christians there believe that the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, including the Second Amendment, which was a document ratified in 1791, that document protects the right to keep and bear arms. And many Christians see this as divinely inspired documents. They believe that it was God's will to ensure that each American has the right to bear arms and defend themselves if necessary, um, which, uh, which is interesting. Now, there, um, it, you know, some of them even, uh, some Christians nominate the right to bear arms over other foundational freedoms such as religious or press freedom. I found that a little bit staggering, William. And I wanted to, you know, yeah. raise this co- concept with you. Um, what, where should we as Christians, how should we as Christians respond? I mean, I'm thinking about this as, um, you know, as you and I sit here, but I'm wanting to also ask the question, what do you think maybe Jesus would say about all of this? How would he be teaching us to respond to this, to this issue? Yeah, look, that, that is a big question. <laughs> I won't lie. And, um, 
I think there's some general principles, I guess, in Scripture that mm. you ask a question about Jesus. So I'm immediately my mind goes to the, the you know the Sermon on the Mount, yes. you know, Matthew chapters five through to seven, and it seems to imply that Jesus was, I guess, uh, advocating a almost like a non-resistant type of um, I don't know the word, but um, is the word pacifist? I'm not sure if that's the term correctly, but the idea that um, you know, basically, at the end of the day, I think the big picture is God is the author of life. Yeah. And, you know, there is the, the commandments where the Bible says thou shalt not kill or, or murder, as other translations. So there's something, I guess, the sacredness of life, Joseph, that has to be brought into question. So so these are the, the big ideas that's kind of swirling around in my mind with this current issue is it's the issue of the, the sacredness of life mm. and, and the idea of um, of the presence of evil in the world. Yeah. So I think between those two big big ideas is how do you deal with evil? How how do we you know think about just you know not to go off the topic, but with terrorism, yeah. you know, with the rise of global terrorism, and you know, in the early two thousands, it was the war on terror with with President Bush. So how were they trying to? I guess he he framed it as a war on evil and terror. Um, I don't know if I've got the answer, Joseph, but there is something about. I think of, of leaders who haven't given the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth scenario. So I'm thinking like people like, uh, like Martin Luther King. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of people like Mahatma Gandhi. I'm thinking people like, I think Jesus would fit in that, I yes. guess, in that category where violence is not the answer. But at the same time, I'm not saying there is a place for law enforcement. There is a place for, for orderly, you know, for our governments to basically address the evil and the crime. Um, so I'm not sure if I could place myself on a, definitive camp but no. just to say that in general the bible seems to advocate this idea of of um the the more we can you know er- eradicate you know inflicting harm on another individual mm. i think that's kind of where the conversation should go you know our buddhist friends would go even i guess more say joseph than mm. our, than uh, than us as believers as christians is you know they they see their ethic go into how they treat the world around and, and even animals so i think there is something something needs to be said about the sacredness of life um but as well acknowledging that there is present evil now um so I think if you ask the question, where would Jesus stand on this? Now, this is the thing because your article and what we're saying is there's almost people saying that Jesus is, would agree with them on, on both sides of the equation. But, you know, whether Jesus would, you know, bear arms, I did, look, I'm not the Holy Spirit, I'm not God, but mm. I don't know. I think in our particular faith, uh, you know, uh, did persuasion, um, yep. Joseph, we have been more historically aligned not to bear arms, not to, you know, to inflict another individual, like almost like to, to use a weapon to, to inflict damage on someone or to ultimately fatally wound them. And as you, as we were discussing earlier, the one of uh, a very prominent, um, a person in the public eye who was a, a, a seven day Adventist was the the soldier Desmond Doss. That's right, who who didn't yeah. bear arms and didn't bear arms. Yeah, yeah, and he the, was what we would call a con- conscientious uh, objector. Con- correct. Yeah. So when you look at people like Desmond Doss who didn't pick up, he didn't bear arms, mm. but he didn't want to shy away from enlisting the army yeah. you know, in in World War Two. Actually, that's right. But but he 
he wanted to, how can I best serve and reflect Jesus in that particular climate he was in? And I think God blessed him for that, Joseph. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it's actually interesting because I'm not sure if you're aware, Joseph, but um, on Netflix currently, the the movie um, from Desmond Doss, forgot the name of, I think Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge, I think yes. it's in the top 10 or so that people are watching now. Yeah. And I, I find it interesting. Is it is there maybe a connection between what's happening now in the United States and people trying to say, wow, is there another way of oh. dealing with this thing? So yeah. I don't know if there's a yeah. correlation there. But... Um, so yeah, look, it's it's a it's a bit of a sensitive issue because mm. there are some believers who are, are Christians that say, "Look, this is my right," as you said, and then there are other people who are Christians that say that's not what Jesus would do. Mm. Uh, he wouldn't go around with a gun. He wouldn't, and you know, in, inflict fatal harm to someone. So it's a bit of a sensitive uh, topic. But when, as I said earlier, when I think about some of these people who have gone before us, people like Martin Luther King, people who have stood up against the injustice, and but in in a way that wasn't, you know, about bearing arms and whatnot. Mm. I think maybe that that could maybe be the way forward. Now, you know, probably for our listeners out there, they may have differing views on it. Well, so. let, let, let's hear what they think. <laughs> yeah. let, let's, let's hear what it, t- Tell us what you think. Um, our text line number is 0488-80811. What do you think of this idea where Christians feel that it's their right to defend themselves and um, that uh, that they should be able to uh, to do you know, bear arms, which is even more important than even freedom, uh, religious freedom. Love to hear from you. Oh four triple eight eight oh eight double one. Now uh, we are going to come straight back after this uh, lovely piece of music. Um, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Because he lives, I can fail. Fear it. 
Life is worth living just because Jesus lives. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, BQ&A, with myself, Joseph Maticic, and I'm joined by William Mawala. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned that we've got another great offer for you. So here it is. It is a great little booklet called Absent from the Body. Now, if you want to get a copy of this little booklet, this little booklet is going to help you understand uh, some of the key passages in the Bible that talk about what happens uh, when we die, and in particular, perhaps some of the misunderstood uh, passages of Scripture, especially there in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So, absent from the body is our free book offer. To get this offer, text the code SA49 to our text number zero four triple eight eight oh eight double one and the Faith FM giveaway bot is going to reply asking for your details. So that the code word is SA forty nine. And um, you text that and uh, the Faith FM bot will take care of the details from, from there on. This week on Drive Time we are looking at the whole issue of Beyond the Grave, the Bible and the passing of death. And our question today is, how does a pastor deal with death? Now, uh, I have been a church pastor for a number of years, and uh, Will, I know you have as well. Sure. And uh, we have both conducted funerals um, in our in our ministries and in different churches for different members. I uh, I remember the um, – actually, I remember – the, one of the very first funerals I, I attended, not conducted, but one of the very first funerals that I actually attended yeah. when I was a young kid. And um, it was a, a lady, uh, she, was a, uh, she was a mum, um, tragically killed in a car accident whilst overseas on a holiday. Right. And um, they, they brought the body back and came back with the, um, with the rest of the family from their, uh, from their holiday. And um, oh, the no. church. How old were you? Oh, I probably would have been maybe ten or twelve. The church wow. was absolutely packed because really? you know this was you know she she was from a fairly large family, well known lady, and um, yeah. What really struck me is is the fact that you know this was you know this death was clearly seen as untimely and um, an absolute tragedy. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, just 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 stayed in my mind mind ever since then. And then. Um, I guess William, um, and you know, as, as we as we're going to look at here, we're, we're looking today particularly how does a pastor, how does a pastor deal deal with death? It's it's you know when when I um, look back over the years, I have found that um, death has been a real opportunity 
to minister yeah. and work with with the family. Yep. Um, it's given me real opportunity to to connect with them. I've been able to to meet people that I perhaps would not have normally have met um, when I've been contacted by them looking for the minister to to, to organise the the funeral service with them. So it's, it's been a real. Yeah, they are. They yes, they are overall quite sad occasions, but it's been a real opportunity to bring sort of comfort and um, sure. and hope and uh, yeah, various experiences. I, I've had um, probably the the first funeral I conducted. I can remember that um, um, it was an elderly person, and the daughter was the one that was working with me to arrange the funeral yeah. uh, the funeral program, and um, she really wanted to use that as an opportunity to. Um, get some of the family members to reconcile again. Yeah. Um, you know, there'd be others that, that of the family that were there, and that they, they, they hadn't quite seen eye to eye. And she, yeah, I guess it was that that the passing of the mother that was seen as an opportunity. Hey, um, like you, you mentioned at the top of the show, you know, this life is short. This, yeah. you know, there is this uncertainty. We, you know, can be here today, gone tomorrow. So we need to ensure that we sort out our relationships with one another and ultimately what we want to get to here is, is ultimately with God you know, yeah. uh, as that comes. So, yeah, how should a pastor deal with death? Yeah, well, I think there's probably, in our time today on the studio, um, Joseph, I think there's probably, I guess there's two two ways of uh, looking at the question is, I guess one from a biblical perspective, what does the Bible say about death? Yeah. So obviously we want to look into that today. But also I think, as you were saying earlier, the what we have personally seen and experienced as mm. we have conducted funerals over over the years um so so i think um what we might do is um just want to maybe share i, I guess uh, a few passages from the bible that kind of talk about death um and then maybe we can also just share maybe just um Maybe just insert every, you know, here and there, just, just a couple of, uh, my personal experiences as well. So, um, I've been a pastor now. This is my ninth year. So, you know, I've conducted a few. Um, but yeah, this big topic about funerals and, you know, it's a, it's a big topic, I guess, from the Bible. Um, you know, my, my culture, my Pacific Island culture, my Tongan background, you know, funerals are actually huge mm. because it's, it really is a very, it's a big communal event. Uh, regardless of if you even know the person or not, just the very fact that someone has passed, whether, you know, especially if you're back from the islands in Tonga or, you know, the small Pacific nations, if, if it was just, you know, the general thing would be just a person from this particular village. Mm. And so, you know, there'll be, you know, various people going there. So, you know, I, I think personally, um, last year, you know, mid 2001, sorry, 2001, 2021, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a chance to fly back to Sydney for a couple of days for my grand auntie's funeral. And, um, yeah, like you were saying earlier, Joseph, just connecting with your family. And in some ways, you know, as the older we get, we, we tend to not see our loved ones, our relatives, unless they're big events like that. And mm. so funerals, I think now that I'm getting older myself, uh, you know, my mum actually, my mother who, um, she would always kind of try and instill in us in that, that Pacific culture kind of mentality that if, if someone passed away, if there was something to go, to go, because it, you know, it's a sign of, of connection, like you were saying. And, you know, growing up, we didn't really understand and we're like, Oh, why do you need to go to the, you know, our kids are, but you know, now I'm getting a bit older. I can realize where mum was coming from. And so, so yeah, we all have different, um, 
a personal experiences dealing with that. And we'll share a bit, little bit about that today. But um, so maybe a couple of the questions I want to just um, share with our listeners on today's show is maybe just some questions like what what is death? Um, you know, some people may be wondering where did death come from? Hmm. Um, you know, and probably a bit more uh, towards God. Did God actually create death? Hmm. And so we want to look at some of those questions today, and uh, but ultimately we're trying to ask ask a question, answer the question. You know, how do we view death? Yeah. You know, how does a a minister, a church pastor, or a person of faith in the Christian faith view death? And um, so, what I thought we'd do is, um, Joseph, I just want to look at a couple of scriptures, and we can we can share on that, and then we can uh, share also a bit more of a personal twist on it as well. Um, so. How about we just start with a little prayer, because I would just like to read a few verses. So let's just do that very quickly. Uh, Father, as we just open the Bible today, we just pray for the Holy Spirit to guide our conversation today. Especially we want to pray for our listeners out there who will lis- who are listening, driving home, wherever they may find themselves uh, listening in today's show. We pray a blessing on them too. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, so I guess the first question I want to tackle today, um, Joseph, in our program is, um, what is death? Mm. And I guess I want to give more of a biblical response to that. Um, I guess the short answer is, Joseph, that death is actually, it's, it's actually when you really look at it from the biblical perspective, death is the, it was, was and is the result of humanity's rebellion against God. And what we're going to find, especially when you go into the opening chapters of the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis, we actually see um, how this, how death actually um, came into this uh, this present world. And so, probably the the key question: these two texts are kind of both, you know, two sides of, of one coin, so to speak. Is is there's a text in Genesis that kind of shows us how God uh, formed man mm. and of, of the origins of man. Mm. And then I want to share another one in the Old Testament that kind of shows it's basically a reversal mm. of, of that same process. And so, you know, you're very familiar with this passage, Pastor Joseph, in Genesis chapter 2 and uh, verse 7. It says there in, in the opening uh, chapters of the Bible, in chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And so, in the Bible, uh, Joseph, as you aware, we we see the origins of mankind. We see the origins of humanity. That it's actually God. And so, God created man um, out of the dust of the ground. And the Bible says that He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life. And the Hebrew word there is ruach, or it's the Old Testament word for for breath. And these two combined made a living being. Um, or a living soul in yeah. some some of the older translations. Some of the older standardizations say that he yeah he became a living soul. Yeah. But what 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 the Bible is teaching us clearly here is that um, the body was formed from dust. Yeah. God breathes in the breath. Yeah. Now we should say also that in some Bible versions that's also translated as spirit. Yeah. Um, but it simply means that breath, the, yeah. the the life that comes from God. That's right. And then you have a a, a living being, yeah, a living soul. So you need it, need it together. That's right. And um, yeah, like you were indicating, um, death, uh, you know, is a consequence of, of humanity's rebellion. Yeah. And you know, we we see, well, we see death qu- quite quite quickly when um, Adam and Eve disobeyed, and then their children were born. We we see the first murder, and yeah. you know, Cain killing Abel, and then you know, uh, didn't take long after that really. So. Sure. 
tragically, yeah, um, that was a, the consequence of, yeah. of, their, their, of their disobedience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, we're going to go there right after this one. But um, just to kind of share, so if you look at Genesis 2-7, Joseph, you've got, you got two, I guess, elements, as it were. You've got the, the, the dust of the ground. And, and then you've got God's breath, um, that both combine to create, um, a living being. So that's how Adam, um, was created. Um, but, and so we're looking at this first question, what is death? So death is basically the reversal of that. And the text I want to share with our listeners today, uh, on that is there's a text in the book of Ecclesiastes, which yeah. is one of the Old Testament books. Um, Let, let's uh, go there. Traditionally yeah. known as, um, Share that by, um, yeah, by King Solomon. It says in chapter 12 and verse 7, it says, Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit or the breath will return to God who gave it. Okay. So the question is, we're trying to answer the question here. What is death? Well, death is really, I guess, from a purely, um, almost like a physical type of yep. uh, perspective, it's just the reverse. So what happens in Genesis? God uh, God forms man of the dust of the ground, breathes into his nostrils breath of life, man becomes a living being. What happens at death? It's the, the Re- reverse. The reverse of that process, yeah. the reverse so, of the creation of life. Yeah, that's The body right. goes back to the dust where he came from, the breath returns to God who gave it, Yeah, and the person... No longer ceases. Ceases to exist. And a good point on that, Joseph, is because um, when you look at this idea of what is death, it's it's basically the creation process reverse. And so the dust goes to the ground and the spirit or the breath of God goes back to God who gave it. And here's a pretty pretty important um, uh, just thing we want to say here, and our presenters will unpack this uh, in the rest of the week, Mm. is that we're not conscious before life. Uh, Joseph, and we can't be conscious after life. Ah, that's a really good is, point. Yeah, that's yeah. the sticking point that yeah. that there may be um, other believers yeah. would would maybe um, you, have you, a different uh, idea on. To have life, you need the body and the breath from God exactly. together combined, uh, one or the other, and you don't have life. That's right. Or consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there's a text in Ecclesiastes five, but we haven't. We're going to not going to look at it right now, mm. but it talks about you know. That person, once that person's eyes, their emotions, their thinking, the the person that we know them as them, it's it's gone. Why? Because God's breath has gone back uh, to God who gave it. So the second question, and I think it was you alluding it to um, just a few minutes ago, Joseph, is where did death come from? Mm. So we kind of just unpack, okay, this is how God created mankind. Okay, what happens at death? It's a reversal. But now we're going to, I guess, go a little bit deeper. And to say, where did death come from? And we, I just said a few moments ago at the beginning that death is really, or it comes uh, as a result of humanity's rebellion against God. Now, you were just saying that just a few moments ago, um, Joseph, about, you know, um, how rebellion came into the world. So I've got a few scriptures that kind mm. of string a bit of a, uh, bit of a, bit of a story that takes place. So Genesis 1 1, the Bible begins, Joseph. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. Yes. So the Bible is very clear uh, of how this earth came to be. Then you go a few verses down to chapter 1, verse 26. We find there the purpose of God creating mankind. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So there was a purpose, mm. uh, Joseph, in why God created us. And for our listeners out there, you know, this really speaks about what is the purpose and meaning of life? And as believers, we say the purpose and meaning of life is 
is to know God, but not only just knowing God, but God wants to reflect His character and His likeness uh, to those around us. So that's kind of um, another implication of that, if it were. But if you want to get to this idea of where did death come from, we really go to chapters 2 and 3. Mm. Because and in chapter 2 and verse 15 through to 17, this is really, really where it all kind of starts, um, Joseph, as you are. Um, as you would very well be aware of. Now, I just want to read it for our listeners out there. Some of you guys might be driving or whatnot. But but in Genesis 2, basically God's created a garden for Adam, uh, the first human pair, Adam and Eve. God says, look, there's a beautiful garden here. Um, bless this, you know, I've, I've blessed you. Multiply, be fruitful and multiply. So there was, it was a beautiful, there wasn't death at that time, Joseph. In fact, if I could say it as well, God never intended for this idea of death to come into the the human experience, he created them to live forever. That's right, perfect. Yeah, and uh, and as long as they they maintain that connection with him yeah. and uh, and obeyed him, that that would have continued. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, if you look at chapters chapter two, fifteen, seventeen, I just want to read it because I think it's pretty important, Joseph, for our listeners out there. It says there in chapter two, fifteen. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So we're looking at this little question here, Joseph. Where did death come from? Well, if you look at, so you've got chapter two, God says, hey, you can eat any tree of the garden, but don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What's the consequence? God says to them, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Mm. Then we go over to chapter three and we see how our, our first um, parents, well, Eve initially, was deceived by the serpent. And um, you find it in Genesis 3, verses 1 to 7. And basically what that says is the serpent deceived Eve to eating the fruit. Mm. And there is a dialogue that takes place there. And I'm just kind of paraphrasing what happens. The serpent basically questioned God's authority to Eve, mm. made her doubt God's love and mm. God's faithfulness. So did God really say don't eat? So there's a dialogue take place. And basically you skip through a few verses down. You go to verse 6. And then the Bible says... Maybe one of the saddest verses in Scripture, it says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and a tree to be desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate, and then she gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And that really, Joseph, is where death came from. From that moment, mm. death had come into the human experience. And um, so from a biblical perspective, this is where death comes from. Now, there may be people listening out there. They've got various answers on how death came about and maybe biological answers and whatnot. But we're here to say, according yep. to Scripture, this is how it began. And that reminds me, Romans 5, through one man, sin yes. entered the world. Yeah. And through through sin came death for all have sinned. And so... That, that man, Adam, but, you know, humanity, our first humans, through their disobedience, which is exactly what you're pointing out here, their, their rebellion, their against God, through yeah. one man, uh, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, yes. and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Yeah. Romans 5, 12. Yeah. 
powerful. So, um, yeah, so when we're talking about death, um, yeah, that's some of the big picture. Um, that's the big picture from, from God's word is God created, uh, our first parents and, um, gave them freedom, gave them ability to live an abundant and a happy life so long as they were in relationship with God. But unfortunately, it, it, um, we see sin coming into the world in chapter three. And really, we were talking about gun control and all that stuff earlier in the show, Joseph. All of the misery, and you and I would agree, all of the pain and suffering. Unfortunately, it's been saying, people say it's God's fault. Well, hang on. If you really look at the Bible, God didn't create evil. In mm. fact, he never desired for anybody to die. Yeah. And I, I often, as you and I would know, Joseph, as pastors, I guess we have a, a biblical response to how do we yes. view death? We we see it obviously as it's tragic. Mm. You know, there's untold suffering. People are hurting in our world today. But that's the power of the gospel is that, that God gives us hope. He gives us the answer to the sin problem, to the death problem through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's that's a really, really important point because we, just as much as it's true that through one man sin entered the world, yeah. it goes on and says through one man uh, justification or righteousness came in, life came in, yeah. and that man is, if you like, the, the second Adam. Yes, the second Adam. I that's like referring it. to Jesus Christ that's right. um, who came and, and he died for all our sins. Yes. But he rose again, yeah. and uh, we're going to unpack Amen. a little bit more. But Amen. that leads us actually into our song that we're just going to enjoy right now, Will. Uh, it's called Rise Again, a beautiful song by Malita Fong. You're listening to Faith FM. Don't go anywhere.
Uh, welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time Big Q&A with uh, Joseph Maticic, and I'm joined by William Waller. And I uh, want to give you one another opportunity to get a great book offer. It's called Absent from the Body. Now, this is going to be really interesting because, um, as, as we said a little bit earlier, a um, number of questions there about what actually happens at death and, you know, when we die, do we go to heaven, do we go to hell, what happens to our soul, um, etc. And doesn't the Bible even seem to intimate in some places that uh, um, when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord? If you have some of those questions or if you've heard some of those questions, then you need to get this book. Um, and by getting, and the way you can get this book is by texting the code SA49 to our number 048888811. SA49 is the code. Now, um, William, it's great to get uh, responses uh, from people, and yeah. we, we've got one here from uh, from a Michael. Um, and uh, yeah, he uh, is. Um, Raise the thought here that Adam and Eve didn't have everlasting life before they sinned. Um, the second Adam restored the separation man has through Adam, not not biological death. So, um, yeah, it was that something there that we perhaps um, may not have expressed clearly yeah. enough when we talked about Adam and Eve before the fall. Yeah. By the way, thanks, Michael, for uh, texting in uh, some of your comments there. We really do appreciate your feedback. I think maybe what Michael may have been alluding to was um, maybe if, you know, just previously before the break, we were mentioning that Adam and Eve were meant to live forever. And um, maybe that may have been uh, mm. read to say that, you know, that Adam and Eve were, you know, that they had this immortal type of status. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so I guess what just to kind of comment on that, yeah, and I think Michael's on the he's on the right path there because in First Timothy, um, it it tells us in chapter six and verse fifteen that um, in first First Timothy six sixteen, sorry, talking about God, it says who God alone has immortality. So I think Michael is right in the sense, yeah, only God has immortality. Adam and Eve did not were not created with immortality. There. I guess their immortality, in a sense, was dependent upon their faithful and loving obedience to their so, Creator. So, it was so conditional, God, yeah, it was yeah. conditional. Um, so, so thanks for um, for sharing that comment there, Michael, because um, I think we we're with you on that one. Um, but I love how Joseph, you pulled out that passage from Romans uh, where Paul talks about. You know, it kind of draws the contrast that, 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 you know, Adam fell, like through that one man, Adam, sin came into the world, but through, through another man, you know, the second Adam, as you said before the break, uh, through Christ, uh, we, he has, we have eternal life. Um, and that's the great hope. That's, that, that, that's, that's the great the hope. hope. And that, that's what we, when we minister as pastors, uh, at, at, at times of death amongst church members or friends, that, that's yeah. what we bring out, isn't it? Yeah. That through Jesus Christ. Now, uh, Michael also has, and Michael likes to, to, uh, to respond <laughs> and it's great to have some of this, uh, feedback. He said here that death is now defeated in Christ. Yes. Amen, um, Michael. We're with you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, this, we're only, we're only, uh, introducing the, um, topic because we've got the rest of our, um, our team that's yep. going to unpack different aspects of this question. But, you know, as we kind of, kind of, uh, wrap this up today, Joseph, the question we're trying to look at today is how do pastors, um, view death? And as I think we would both agree, Joseph, you know, on the one hand, we view death as something that is, it, it's part of, this is a result, if you will, of what sin has done in this world. If you look at Genesis chapter 3, there was 
you know, when God came in the garden looking for Adam, he said, Adam, where are you? And then there was a blame game going on. Adam was blaming his wife. The wife blamed us. Almost, if you kind of follow the thought, they were blaming God. Mm. And so when we think about death, the question um, on the one hand, we see that it, it's part of the human condition. It, it's part of the this brokenness that we live in. We watch the news and we see people being shot. We we see horrendous things happening across the globe. And so evil and the presence of evil is very real. Um, so there's, and, and death is real. There's people in hospitals right now. There, there may be listeners who have loved ones who are on their deathbed. Mm. Um, so it is very personal. It's very sensitive. Um, this discussion we're taking place, but you know what, Joseph, you know, the Bible says in Romans 15 that, that the Bible, when we read the, these various stories in the scriptures, uh, the apostle Paul says it's meant to give us hope. Mm. And ultimately, um, for the Christian, for the believer, and for you listening out there who, who are listening to us today, God has provided the answer to the sin problem, and that is through the death of his one and only son, Jesus mm. Christ. Um, so, Pastor Joseph, I, there's a quote that I've got here I want to share with our listeners today that kind of... Um, yeah, I was just doing a bit of research online and I came across this quote. Well, actually, two things I want to share as we, and then I'll pass the time back to you. There's that text in Romans chapter eight, you know, one of the most, the most devoted Jesus followers that ever walked this earth was the apostle Paul. I mean, he wrote, I think, about half of the New Testament. And in Romans 8, I love these words, Joseph. It says in verse 38 and 39, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. So there's the, there's this idea that doesn't matter what you're going through, we are never separated from the love of God. You know, Joseph, we were, we were, we were asked to share a little bit of our personal experience in this, and we may not have done that justice, but just very quickly, you know, when I've conducted a service, particularly if they are a believer, you know, there's those two passages, two or three that, that almost, in a, it almost gets mentioned almost without Fail at every funeral, at yeah. every, almost yeah. every funeral. And which one is it? It's well, there's a few actually, but there. And look, I know our good brother Nick's going to be sharing on this in the later in the week. There's John 11, where Jesus says he's the resurrection and the life. Mm. You know, that's the power of the gospel that Jesus conquered the grave. Then there's the text in First Thessalonians mm. 4, as you are aware, Joseph, where the Bible says the dead in Christ rise first. Um, mm. Then there's the gospel promise in John 14 where Jesus says he's coming back. And so to our listeners out there, I guess, yeah, it, it's a death is not was not God's ideal. We see it very clearly in, in the opening pages of the Bible. But the beautiful thing is 2,000 years ago, uh, God came and he answered the death question, the sin question once and for all. And I love what Apostle Paul says in Romans 5. It says that God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so, yeah, I think that's probably where I'd like to end it. And I'll pass the time to you, Joseph. But for me, yeah, we it's part of our job. Mm. We go and visit families. 
you know, I don't, I know, I know, I don't know about you, but Joseph, but you know, you kind of walk in sensing the pain, sensing the story, connecting with the family, and then you do your best to just serve. Mm. And, and you know, I would say to them, look, we're here to pray for you any way we can help. And you know, there's a bit of toing and froing between the family, yourself, and I guess the funeral director. There's a little bit of logistics in the back, but you know, I always walk into it in a sense of, of, of the people, it's about them. Mm. It's about making um, their, their their experience one that will bring, I guess, comfort to them. And as pastors, you know, our our tool is the Bible, and God's word is filled with many precious promises. And so, death for us, yes, it's it's part of life. But you know, that's the hope we have, isn't it, Joseph? Mm. That that you know, one day soon, should we. Um, should we leave this earth and we'll be sleeping, as we are going to find out in this week, uh, we have a wonderful hope. Yeah. And, yeah, as you've highlighted there, William, it, uh, death is an opportunity for us as a, minister, as a pastor, as a church pastor, to, to, to really yeah. minister to, to people, yeah. to, to, to bring comfort. And um, every death, every, at every funeral, at every death, it, it shows us that people, it clearly shows us that this was not how God originally yeah. intended things to yes. be. And and let's face it, the Bible calls death an enemy. Yes, right. That's that's uh, right. Isn't it the last enemy that's going to be, uh, you know, yeah. removed? And so, yeah, death is an enemy. Um, the the Bible calls it. And so, yeah, we we, we it is a it is a time to um to to grieve with people. Um, it's a time to recognise that um yeah, yeah life is yeah, life is life is short. Um. And um, and that yeah we have uh, only the only hope is through the one who conquered death that is Jesus Christ and so yeah, yeah it, it, um, I always use it as an opportunity William yeah. to um, to point at a funeral well even even in in conversations with family to point people to the fact that Jesus has conquered the grave yeah. and to invite them to. Uh, if they aren't in a saving faith relationship with Jesus, that invite them to yeah. come to faith because right. it, clearly the Bible tells us that death is the end, cessation of this life, um, as we'll see. Uh, it's asleep, and um, yeah, um, for that person, that 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 yeah, sure, that's where they are at. They're 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 at rest, but it's for those who are alive and remain. They're the ones that still have an opportunity to. Uh, to make their yeah. choices, to make their decisions, and so it's a it's a real time to appeal to people yeah. to. And I think as well, Joseph, probably my last thought is as pastors and as ministers of the gospel, you know, Paul talks about God as judging the living and the dead. Yes, not that we are judged, but in some ways we stand between the living and the dead. We get up on on the weekend and we preach a message of hope. We uplift Christ, mm. and so we're 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 sharing with people. That there is hope beyond the grave. There yep. is hope as believers, and so in some ways we we are standing there saying, "Hey, give your life to Christ. Yes, He is the resurrection and the life." And you know, death. You know, we go back to the earth. Um, go and read it for our listeners out there. Go and read chapters one to three. Get a big picture of it. But here's the thing: it was. I love what you said, Joseph. It was never God's intention. He He created us to live an abundant and a joyful life. Yeah, wonderful. Well, look, William, we need to finish up. Let, let, let me just pray very quickly. Father God, we just thank you that through Jesus Christ, death has been conquered. And Father, if any of us have any questions or, or fears or whatever, help us to 
to come to accept Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord here and yeah. now, knowing that uh, he promises the resurrection for us. And uh, we want to thank you for this great message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, our time is up, friends. Thank you for joining myself, Joseph Matichic, and my co-host, William Mawala, here on Drive Time BQ&A. Join us tomorrow uh, again uh, on Drive Time when Gary Hodgkin is going to be joined by Eric Hoare, and they'll be looking at the question, how did Christ relate to death? Hope you can join us then. Thank you.